What's going on? It's time for another episode of Too Hard for the Radio, transmitting from the future-free state of Greater Idaho. I am the one-armed madman, and from the badlands of southern Montana, it's Nolan5150. Right on, let's hit it. Time two of the day, we had a little sound check about ten minutes into the last one. What a pain in the ass, but I think at this point... We're gonna. We had it in the win in the in the first iteration of this episode. We said, "Oh, uh, the sound is better. We're throwing that in the win category." Ten minutes later, we're fucking around with sound again. So here we are, Nolan. Give me some sound. Hey, everybody out there. Hopefully, hopefully my audio is coming through a lot better. Apparently, it was trash ten minutes ago, but we're uh, work in progress here. White so trash trying to figure out how to not sound like white trash. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> uh, so back into our discussion on For All Mankind. Uh, just to, to do an overall recap of where we were at. For All Mankind is a show on Apple TV. It's whenever we, we talk Apple TV, Woke Alarm's got to go, go right on up because that is what they do, you know. A, a company that gets accused of slave labor, they they have to bump their ESG up, score, their ESG score up somehow. So why not make some some woke movies that'll get a couple of uh, you know douchebag critics to get their skirts up? So this show is about. Yeah. <laughs> so this show is about the premise of the show is that the Soviet Union makes it to the moon before the United States. And not only did they make it first, but they land a woman on the moon first. And the United States just cannot have any of this. So the the space race gets supercharged. <laughs> so anyways. How charged? Oh, it's 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 high charged. I mean North Korea even gets into the mix on this one. So at the end of the end of last season, they were um, in a shitty moon base. I think it was in the late sixties, early seventies. It was probably the early seventies by the end of the show, maybe even into the eighties. But both the United States and Russia had their own respected moon bases on the on the moon, and tensions were high. The Cold War was still brewing. But the crazy thing, oh, and I uh, as I uh, forgot to bring up. This show, for some reason, does not in any way explain how the Soviet Union could have gotten to the moon first. They essentially brush over completely how they would have funded their moon program. The only excuse that they make for why the Soviet Union doesn't break up is that they didn't go into war with Afghanistan, which is just an incredible excusing of communism which is the most evil form of government ever derived by man. It was clearly a potato-powered rocket. <laughs> <laughs> it had to have been. It had to have been. Vodka all the way to the moon. So, mm-hmm. anyways, they open up the next season, and it's the 90s, and everything is space. Space... The, the moon bases are huge. They're going back and forth. They've got nuclear-powered rockets. And they've got oil and coal workers out of business because of 
uh, helium-3 mining on the moon for fusion. So this is what really tickled my fucking nerves because I know a lot about fusion. I like fusion. I've been following fusion since I was a little kid. And I right away I go, well, how does the moon have anything to do with fusion? That's ridiculous. And they go, oh, helium-3. You can only get helium-3 on the moon. And this guy over here, he figured out how he made fusion happen with helium-3. I go, that's fucking bullshit. Even I know this is bullshit. So I I had heard so a couple. The, go ahead. I was just gonna say. So what's the what's the deal with the helium three? Because I just heard something about um, some asteroid or something way out in space that potentially could be hauled back not to Earth, but potentially hauled back to like Mars or the Moon in order to harvest the helium three. Yeah. Your your sound just went to shit again, but we're just gonna have to fucking go and hope that it snaps back into gear again while we're while we're running. Apologies, people. Uh, this may not make it out, but we're gonna keep going on anyways. So the deal with fusion is is you, you can fuse uh, hydrogen into helium in a couple different ways. The way that we've been doing it, trying to do it for the last fifty years, is with uh, deuterium and tritium. You fuse these together, and you get uh helium you get a big fireball it's contained by a big magnet you boil water spin a turbine you get electricity that's the hope and the hope is is that they can hit break even which is at the point where they're making as much energy as they're putting in to sustain the reaction and their their deal with helium three was that the this guy figured out how to crack fusion with helium three and I just thought right away that was crazy. So, and and then again, if you were able to crack it with helium three, then could you not crack it with deuterium and tritium at that point? So why would it be more economically feasible to ship stuff from the moon to Earth than it would be to make deuterium with regular seawater? Makes no fucking sense. So there's a show on YouTube that I like. It's one of the best science shows out there. It's called Science and Futurism with Isaac Arthur. So I dug in and found us the deal with Helium-3. And if you do plan to have spaceships that can carry out neo-perpetual 1G thrust around the solar system, it helps to have access to fuel. Hydrogen isn't terribly common in the inner solar system, away from large gravity wells, so the ice on the moon offers one supply. But it also has helium-3, which while harder to fuse than deuterium and tritium isotopes of hydrogen, isn't too much harder and also offers us a neutronic fusion, a fusion that produces very few neutrons, which is good, particularly for spaceships, since it lets you get away with smaller engines that need less shielding. That's what helium-3 is good for, space travel. You can't do it on it's Earth. A high, it's a high thrust, like, to, like, I guess, combustion the deal, uh, ratio or something like that? No, the deal is you have to make it bigger. Uh, you have to make a bigger reaction in order to get energy out of it. And the problem, uh, the the upside is, is that it has less radiation, 
than deuterium mm-hmm. and tritium. Oh, okay. Okay. So you can have it in a spaceship with people around it, and you can have way less shielding and have a smaller ship with a bigger reactor. So this would be great yeah, for space that. travel, but at, at this point, they have, in, in this season that we're in right now, they go to Mars, and they've got three ships with nuclear fusion power in them. So that would be it. That would be the only thing that you would be using, actually using helium-3-4, would be spaceships. There's no use for it on Earth. Okay. So the reason that I, I, I got into this is because these scientists and, – and I've heard astronauts do I, – I, there was an astronaut on Joe Rogan who came on and talked about this show and they said, oh, we're going to make it you know, scientifically accurate and everything's going to be feasible. We're just going to take it on a different direction and show what would have happened if we kept doing this. So these people are so full of themselves. They've got you know, touchscreen phones in the 90s, uh, you know – fusion power and the thing that really pissed me off about the touchscreen phone is they're kind of again discounting steve jobs in a lot of way i'm not a huge steve jobs guy but obviously he changed the world with his invention and it's not like the technology wasn't there before the technology to make a, a touchscreen phone was there it took his innovation and his creativity and his drive to make all of us want one of those phones. Uh, I'm, I'm an Android man. man. Well, your Android didn't exist when he invented that phone. So my point is that they're, these space fucking scientist astronauts are inflating their importance to the world look what we would have done look what we would have look what you would have had in the 90s if you just would have let us keep going to space this is what we would have gotten you rubes you slaves would have had your phones a couple of years earlier and you would have been gratified to us and then also at this point nasa is like this self-funding behemoth that is putting the entire world out of work and it it, it's really like astronauts making i mean obviously it's a science fiction show but in a lot of ways this is them saying look at what we you fucking assholes would have had if you wouldn't have just voted us down or you stupid republicans hadn't put the brakes on us and they really go after the republican party hard in this show there's this ex-astronaut oh everybody's gay in the show by the way you know every other person's gay and they're all hiding it because it's the 60s and they can't tell any and they're all embarrassed and they want to be themselves and this astronaut ends up becoming president for the republican party and she marries a gay guy so you know, it may be a little more accurate than than we're giving it credit for at this point because, you know, who really fucking knows at this point. <laughs> but uh, she's a Republican is the deal. So they're both hiding, this, living this double life and having to hide it from everybody. And then her, 
her husband gets busted blowing some guy in the Oval Office. I don't remember exactly how it went down, but it was kind of like a, a Clinton thing. The first husband gets caught getting fucked in the Oval Office, you know? <laughs> Monica had a dick. Yeah, so she has to come. So she decides to come out like like He he makes the I, I'm going to go and I'm going to out myself. And she, okay. And then as he's doing the speech, she walks out and. I'm gay. I've been lying about it forever. You know, they they kind of ended the note on that. We didn't really see too much of the blowback on it, but you know, they, they, do you really want to see the blowback? Oh Jesus! <laughs> Some of the, one of the funniest scenes. Like I laugh at a lot of the stupid shit they do, but there was this scene in the last episode where there was two scenes that really fucking got me rolling. The first one, they're all sitting around this table in like a a meeting trying to decide what to do about something. I don't a high stakes situation. And they had an ass of this woman, she's like uh doling out orders to everybody. And there's this guy with a ponytail, he takes his orders and at the end of the meeting he's like, All right, time to go. And then he wheels out on a wheelchair, like across the side of the screen, and then just wheels out the door. And then that was it for his character. Nothing else. It was just him <laughs> wheeling out of the door in this side of the screen. I couldn't fucking handle it. It. I just start thinking about like, okay, they had to reach out and find an actor in a wheelchair. They had to design that set and that scene to be able to accommodate his wheelchair. And then they did it all for like three seconds of screen time. <laughs> what would be worse is if the actor wasn't actually handicapped. They're just like, oh, you know oh, what? We're gonna great. we're gonna put him in a wheelchair, and then uh, they're just like, you sit in the wheelchair. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> uh, and then they so there's a bombing at NASA. Some some anarchists uh, go out and bomb this fucking building at NASA, and they had called in this woman who was an astronaut, and she had been made blind through radiation or some shit like that. And uh, they had brought her in to solve some problem. And as after the bombing happens, she's leading people out because she knows the hallways blind. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just so fucking crazy. Like how hard they want to push this bullshit. They have an entire show about blind people. Not just this one. There's literally an entire show called C that is about blind people where Jason Momoa is blind and he's fucking rolling around with a sword, killing people <laughs> while he's blind. It's fucking wild. There, There's this woman in there who's like one of my favorite characters in the entire uh, Appleverse, I guess I'd call it, where she's like a, um, she's a queen of the blind and... She wants to get a a sighted child, so she bangs her her uh, nephew who can see, and then yeah, it's it's just dude, this show's fucking wild. You gotta watch that one at some point. It's fucking good. 
So, anyways, the the point of this was to point out just how fucking full of themselves these scientists are. And we're going to get a little bit more into that later because there's been some real science blowhardery in the last fucking week. All right, so you've obviously heard of the uh, inflation, the new inflation bill that they're that they put out to fight inflation. Oh. the The seven hundred ninety billion dollar bill that they're putting out to fight inflation. Trump called it the, the build. Uh, Trump called build it the inflation Yeah, exactly. Trump called it the uh, Inflation Expansion Act, which is uh. it's it's a great fucking line. We're going to get into that a little bit later, too, because it's kind of ridiculous. So let's get into some climate change. We haven't gotten into climate change too much in the last few days, and I love me some climate change. So let's uh, let's go back to our girl, Big Tits Nancy, and uh, hear about climate. How can they vote against the planet? Mother Earth. Mother Earth gets angry from time to time, and uh, this legislation will help us address all of that. <laughs> we, need, we need a trillion dollars because Mother Earth gets gets angry from time to time, Nolan. I mean, you live in Montana. You hear that angry thunder up there coming at you. I, I, I'm waiting for them to to start just going. Hey, you fucking assholes! Winter's coming. <laughs> yeah, for real. That That's last, a, that, it. Doesn't matter, man. It, it, they say what they want, then it doesn't matter what they say. Uh, what anybody says, there's people that are going to believe it. Yeah, that's um, essentially it, what it is. I, I, man, bear, pig is coming. Weather, winter is coming. Weather's it's coming cycles, for man. you. Weather cycles. Yeah. All right, so how how bad's it going to get, Nancy? Let's go to CBS and find out. The oh, effects of climate fire. change can be seen all around, from raging wildfires to catastrophic flooding. So far, the conversation has primarily been how to prevent it from getting worse. Half of humanity is in the danger zone from floods, droughts, extreme storms, and wildfires. No nation is immune. But now a team of international experts led by Cambridge University says we should be prepared for failure. Right now, I think we're being naive. We're not looking at the worst case scenarios at all, really. Researchers warn about no, they're what not they looking call at them the at all. four horsemen of the climate endgame. Oh Famine, extreme weather, conflict, and disease spread by insects. Scientists horsemen. are urging world leaders to investigate possible outcomes ranging from a loss of 10% of the global population to eventual human extinction. The ultimate purpose of this area of study is not supposed to be any kind of disaster voyeurism. It's supposed to be about understanding to prevent the worst case. A worst case climate scientists say we should be ready for if all else fails. Ian Lee, CBS News, London. The force horsemen of the climate apocalypse. Oh, my God. The skies are going to open up, and Greta Thunberg's going to look down and say, it's over. You stupid sons of bitches. Who's laughing now? <laughs> the four horsemen of the climate apocalypse. What fools. Who thought that they could put that out and not just get completely ridiculed? Somebody thought that was a good idea. I mean... Just incredible. 
fires and floods. Nobody's looking at the worst case scenarios at all. Really, did they not just pass a trillion dollar bill? Because that's all they're looking at is the worst case scenarios and not looking at any of the better case scenarios at all. Yep. But none of that trillion dollars could have been spent here in the United States to help any of our situations. Oh, of course not. It, it's going oh, to end up going. Oh, wait, you're talking about the, the, yeah. Well, the Inflation Reduction Act, a lot of it, most yep. of the money is going to climate change bullshit. They're going to end up getting a trillion dollars to climate change from this last deal. And the one, the one thing that's good, uh, it, it is a very good name. It's a clever name. They finally settled on climate change, which sounds kind of accurate right out the gate because obviously climates do change, but they're putting it in this global warming, uh, handbag and trying to sell it to everybody. It, it accurately describes every year of, in the history of the earth. Every day. It's just a catch-all phrase. They they got screwed yep. with global warming back in the 80s because then it didn't warm all the time. People were freezing, and they go, this isn't global warming. What are you talking about? And they go, oh, these people are so dumb. They don't understand that warm means cold. So we got to change it to climate. <laughs> <laughs> it really is incredible. So – as we've talked about before, 3 billion people on this planet use less energy than a refrigerator. So we got to use the, the fossil fuels people unless we want to kill everybody or unless we want to keep everybody mm-hmm. poor. It's just fucking crazy. This bill, 80% tax are going to be paid by uh, people less than making less than uh, $400,000 a year. So they're not going to tax the rich. They never do. And if they do, we don't... We're the ones that get hurt because anytime yeah. you tax a big corporation, they just pass it down to the consumer. They're not like, oh, man, we just got hit with all these taxes. We're just going to take less money for the next couple of years and take the personal hit and not buy another beach house. Right. No, they're not going to fucking do that. They're just going to make their Amazon a little bit more expensive. We're going to charge a little more for this, yep. charge a little more for that. It, 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 it has nothing to do with stopping inflation. It has everything to do with saying, hey, look, we're doing something. Hey, look, we were able to get gas prices to go down a little bit this month. It's it's like they've had somebody tied up in a room yanking their fingernails out for the past three weeks, and then they come back the next day, put a Band-Aid over your fingers, and go, look at how great we are. We gave you Band-Aids. Seriously. You know, you remember a couple of years ago when... When the Amazon was in the the Amazon was in the news, oh, the Amazon's burning! All of the Amazon's burning. Eighty percent of the Amazon is still remaining. It wasn't even the worst year. Most of the pictures of those fires were taken of a forest in southern Brazil that wasn't even the Amazon. A lot of times, what happens? This happened in Australia too. A couple of years ago, when Australia's burning, the entire state's burning. These are the worst fires ever. They weren't the worst fires ever. They were like the fourth worst, and they were like sixty percent uh, smaller than the the one above it. So it wasn't even close. What happens is, is these fires are visible to populated areas, so people in cities see them and they go, "Oh my God, the world is ending." 
and then they start coming up with mm. bullshit. The news car- starts coming up with bullshit. Most of the time, you can fact check them as as they're rolling. It's crazy. There was this deal in the news this week about these. Um, God, I don't remember what they're called. They're like flood stones or something like that. There's these stones in the Rhine River, and when you see these stones back the last time the water was this low, people wrote on them and said, run and hide if there's not this much water and all this fucking crazy bullshit. And you start looking at the years that they were written. It was like 100 years ago and then 100 years after that. So it's like, oh, look at that. Every 100 years, it's getting that low. Isn't that coincidental? (laughs) But they don't fucking care. They just want something that they can yeah. throw at people to go, yeah. Oh, it's so horrible. We gotta, we gotta support climate change. We gotta give Nance, crazy Nance, some money. Otherwise, we're gonna all, all of our grandchildren are gonna die. Yeah, it's just scare tactics to make people compliant to paying higher prices, and then nothing happens, and then prices go down a little bit, but. Well, with fuel prices, they were able to to dump some of that strategic oil reserve onto the market and keep prices from going up for a month. But you know they're not going to be able to dump this shit forever. They're going to have to. They're going to keep going up again. I read a report. uh, I think it was Goldman Sachs is is expecting gas prices to hit like five twenty five next year at the end of twenty twenty three or something like that. So this isn't going anywhere. They're they're yeah. giving you a temporary reprieve before the midterms, so they can say, "Hey, look, we're we're fighting this," and they're not even good messengers. Like, if they were smart, they would get up and go, "Look, all this inflation was caused by Trump. He was the problem. We're doing our best to fix it. Look at what we're doing. Blah 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 blah. We've made prices. We we stopped inflation going up for this month. Gas prices are down a little bit this month." We're, we're the winners. We're bringing this ship back right again. Vote for us. Get us in office. Don't let these idiots take control and, and cause more problems. But do you hear any messaging like that? No, it's the four horsemen of the climate apocalypse. Here comes Greta Thunberg. It's fucking <laughs> stupid. What I can't stand every time I hear um, any representatives of the current administration talk about, like, fuel prices and food prices and stuff like that it's always deflection it's all it's it's putin's fault oh it's uh it's trump's fault oh yeah well you know uh nothing we can do about it yeah about a little um accountability they'll never be accountable because accountability means getting rid auditing at least at the minimum auditing the federal reserve and figure out what the fuck is going on in there. But accountability means that they can't print more money. They can't enrich themselves. When they print money, this is like, this is legalized counterfeiting. Money goes to their friends, to their business associates, to the bankers. It gets loaned out. By the time it gets to you, the interest rate's higher, the money's worth less, and they've already bought the assets at the previous prices. They're just enriching themselves. It's people like me who are on a fixed income, my income is set from 2015. So I'm, I'm getting crushed. If inflation is really at 8%, then my, you know, uh, my, uh, income is worth 8% less. It's not at 8%. It's up over 20%. Could you imagine taking a 20% hit on your paycheck? Yeah. 
It's fucking yeah, wild. It doesn't make it doesn't make sense how that shit works because it's it's just you know obvious numbers, and if you're on an income like that, then you would think it would increase at least well, a couple of years. That involves giving up some more of their money that they don't want. They don't want to. They don't give a shit if I'm making less money than I should be making. Yeah, they they actually want to keep you miserable. Yes. Exactly. They want to keep you just just miserable. Like one of the sick things they do with like um, disability is they give you just enough money to where working to make more would be a drain on your life. So they just keep you right in this spot where you're never going to – you don't want to go and get a job because you're worried that you're going to lose your disability and you're going to make less than you do on disability. And then you're beating your body up because you're wanting to make more than they're giving you on disability. So they just keep you right in this spot where you're dependent on them all the time. And that's exactly where they want you. Dependent. Mm -hmm. All right, so – Let's go back into some more uh, climate change. Let's go in and talk about Europe. Again, winter's coming. Intense heat waves, economic uncertainty, and threats of Russia cutting off energy exports all playing a factor as Europe turns off the lights. The Spanish government is making it mandatory, telling businesses they're no longer allowed to set air conditioning units below 81 degrees. Store window lights must also be shut off after 10 o'clock. Doors must remain shut during the day and other measures to help save energy. As part of a new law passed in an effort to reduce the country's gas consumption by 7% as ordered by the European Union in hopes of decreasing its dependence on Russian energy. We have to comply with the agreements we have reached in Brussels and in solidarity, because regardless of the fact Spain is better prepared due to its geographical location compared to the other countries that are much more dependent on Russian gas or Russian energy sources, such as Germany, Italy, and other Central and Eastern European countries, Spain also has a commitment of solidarity with the rest of the European countries. It's a big demand for many citizens facing one of the hottest summers on record. And these restrictions will also apply to heating in the winter as well and are expected to stay in place until at least November of 2023. It's becoming a common scene across the continent, with residents in parts of France risking fines if they fail to comply with the rules. The country imposing bans on illuminated signs, window lighting and other measures in hopes of driving down energy consumption. Austria, Germany, and Italy also considering turning off public lighting at nighttime to do their part. But there are concerns That's a great that idea. Could lead to safety issues and higher crime rates. It'll be a debate that picks up as winter approaches and other countries try to weigh the cost of divorcing themselves from Russian energy. Try to weigh the cost of divorcing themselves from Russian energy. Hey, we're going to turn the lights off in the park so you can get raped because... We don't want to bend over and take it from Putin. So you need to do take it from some fucking bum in the park. I mean, how crazy is that? We're going to turn off public lighting at night. You have to turn off your sign at your store. You can't average. I, I mean, it's just insane that they can make these decisions and there's just no blowback on them. I can't imagine how furious people are about this in these countries over there. I, uh, I feel like, um, as, as certain things like, you know, uh, coal back in the day, now it's natural gases and things like that. Uh, it, as like 
mining technologies and processing technologies advance and then it becomes easier to produce fuels and things at mass quantities, then it becomes cheaper for everybody to live and they can't have that. So what do they got to do? They got to fucking tighten the noose a little bit and keep everybody afraid because we can't have you living, uh, you know, nice and cool or warm wherever you live and, uh, buying cheap food and being happy. We can't have that. We got to keep you miserable and, uh, dependent on the government to survive afraid. Could you imagine you can't turn your AC down below 81 degrees? I keep my yeah. house at 68. Fuck these people. Yeah. <laughs> I've got, I, I mean, we've got some of the cheapest natural gas and energy in the country here in Idaho. I keep my shit at 68. Fuck that. I'm not going to turn my yeah. goddamn air conditioner down. People die because of heat exposure and, and even worse in the wintertime. People living in cold houses. When we were working in North Dakota, man, you can't turn the the power off up there. What the coldest I've ever been in my life? We were doing a hot set, which is which means that we're replacing a pole without turning the power off. So I'm running the the boom truck. I'm sitting on the back of the boom truck. I'm probably I don't know twelve feet off the ground, and it is cold. It's negative 30 the wind is blowing it's probably negative 40 negative 45 with wind chill and we get a call from the yard they're going hey it's too cold you guys got to come in we stopped working it at core temperature negative 30 but we were already halfway through the poles you know being the the wires are being held up by the bucket truck i've been on the back of the the truck for half an hour every you know at a time every half an hour or so me and the lineman had to get up and get into the truck and warm up because it was just too fucking cold. The ground guys had yep. to stay out and work, but you know, down on ground level, it's not near as bad as it is up in the air. I mean, yeah. I was so fucking cold. the The wind was blowing right off of a frozen river and right into our faces. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's brutal. Could you imagine being in a place like that up in you know northern? Europe and they're just going, hey, you got to watch your your heat. You, you, you can't bring it up above sixty six. Some bullshit yeah. Well, like I that. mean, the weather gets pretty gnarly around here. Yeah, from here time too. To time. So not like not, that. It's not consistent. But I've been outside in some shit. But uh, when it when it gets frozen tundra like that for a month or two, then that's when people start eating people. <laughs> <laughs> That was that Alex Jones video that went viral where he's, I'm going to eat my neighbors. Uh, that was a that was a funny one. That was one of his best. All right, let's go back into some more energy in Europe. I'm joined by its co-founder today, Mohsin Rashid. We talked to our audience last week. Just quickly, how many households in this country by the end of this year are going to be in financial difficulty? So... Given where we are in the year, Nigel, so far, already 17% of households have been delinquent with utility bills. Approximately 53% believe they will be delinquent by the end of the year. And just to pick up on where you started, Mm. in October 21, the average bill was £1,400 a year. By January 23, that could be £4,300. That's a threefold increase. So 
It's ironic to be talking about this on one of the warmest days of the year, but as you said, winter is cl- winter is coming, and there's a lack of winter foresight, there's a lack of planning, there and there seems to be a lack of concern. The energy bills are up 3x. That is fucking incredible. For Again, for someone like me, on a fixed income, I'm making less money, my bills are up 3x. Sounds real nice, right? Uh, unsustainable. Unsustainable. And, and which is what they call their sustainability, you know? It's it's really <laughs> yeah. unreliability or unreliables, not sustainables. It's unreliables is what uh, Alex Epstein calls them. But yeah, unsustainables. Basically, whatever they say, it's the exact fucking opposite. Green energy, it's not green energy. It's mining in in China and Africa, you know? All right, let's go to go, let's go to Tulsi Gabbard. I don't know if I can get it to play, come on, you. Europe is in a massive energy crisis right now, with the price of electricity in France just hitting record highs. Their government is ordering businesses to cut back on the use of illuminated signs and advertising. In Berlin, Germany, they're turning off non-essential traffic lights at night. Millions could be without heat it. this winter. In Spain, it's now illegal in some places to put your AC below 80 degrees Fahrenheit. Illegal. The UK is bracing for wide-scale blackouts this winter. Why is all this happening? Because of Joe Biden's sanctions that are nothing short of a modern-day siege. Now, this comes at a great cost, but Joe Biden told us, hey, this is necessary to defend Ukraine. <laughs> And let's hear about winter. I know this is hard for you. But winter is coming. (laughs) We know what's coming with it. We can't face it alone. Oh, the weather outside is frightful. But we're going to turn off your power. Since you're gonna no eat place your to go. Let it snow, let dun, it snow, dun, let dun, it dun. snow. Please, please somebody define uh, a non-essential traffic place. Yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, they should, uh, they should be doing that all the time. I run traffic lights all the time. If it's like 10 o'clock, and there's nobody around, and I'm on a red light. I give it a three count, and I'm going mm-hmm. every time. Mm-hmm. Fuck them, especially on a bike. Oh well, thanks, man. Dick. <laughs> I need to get the bike going. It's I need a little bit of work done on it still, but uh, it'll be it'll be ready at some point. Well, there's I'm, a few. Uh, I'm, I'm- Good. I was just going to say I'm uh, finally uh, on the eBay hunt, find some little pieces and parts to try to at least get uh, the Jixer rideable and functional. Oh, that's good. How how much is it going to cost we'll you? We'll see how that goes. Uh, it's it's like the, the used bike market on that kind of stuff. It's so old now. I mean, that's a 2007. So there's a ton of used parts out there still and not a whole lot of demand. So it's not super crazy. Um, all in all, it, I mean, 
the motor still runs. I already got it fired up as is. I just, with, uh, you know, maybe like less than a grand, I could probably ride it. Oh, that's not terrible. So, You're missing the whole season, terrible. but you'll have it ready for next year at least. Yeah, yeah. You know, if anything, I can uh, get it uh, running and uh, get a wild hair and maybe we can uh, swing by, pick you up, and go hit a track somewhere. Yeah, that would be not. That would that'd be fun. The I've never had the Buell out on a track before. I've done some some good roads on it. I going to, from um, San Francisco out to the out to God. What's that road called? I don't fucking remember. But heading out to the the beach on on the one on one is pretty fucking nice out there. Well, not everybody's uh, suffering from energy costs this this year. Let's go to are are you feel familiar with the uh, large hadron collider the black the black hole people they're going to kill us all? <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, well, they're not turning their power off. Give me some protons. Give me some protons. The LHC run three is starting up now. Accelerator mode proton physics. It is a very exciting moment because it really we had now three years of uh, of technical stop. Beam mode ramp. There will be new detectors, new ways to read out all the data. As you may know, the LHCB detector has had many changes. A lot of pieces have been changed, and we're really looking forward to see the performances of this new shiny detector and also all of the physics performances. Priority for Alice in Run 3 um, is the study of uh, the collision of heavy nuclei, uh, the lead nuclei. LHC experiments plan to collect more data during LHC Run 3 than they did in the first two runs combined. Most physicists expect. Yeah, so. Were you having a problem hearing that? Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what was going on because there was like it felt like there was two or two, at least two audio streams coming in, like mm. the music and some uh, some scientists here and there. But I was not really able to understand anything. And that's kind of what was going on. I was just trying to demonstrate <laughs> again how fucking full of themselves these people are. They're turning their hydron collider on and they're making some. St- Stupid fucking song with some video that's just a cut up of them doing interviews and with these stupid graphics and just oh look at how great that we're making all of these discoveries and you uh, you all can't understand it but we're we're doing some really great stuff over here don't don't worry about it we're just you know changing history finding new particles smashing protons together making stupid songs so. <laughs> What type of energy do you think is required to run stuff like this? Um, uh, fossil fuels? No, I mean, it, like um, requirements. How many households do you think 
would it be the equivalent to running an experiment like this? Uh, 10,000 households. Yeah. Here's a, here's a, uh, a statement from CERN's website at CERN's physics program. Uh, as CERN physics program has evolved and expanded physicists at the laboratory, have used more powerful accelerators and detectors to study the fundamental particles. The laboratory has had uh, to innovate and to keep up with electrical demands. CERN uses 1.3 terawatt hours of electricity annually. That's enough to power uh, enough power to fuel 300,000 homes for a year in the United Kingdom. So these people are running an experiment during an energy crisis where they're turning off public lighting so you can get raped in the park. They're not allowing you to turn your sign on at your neon sign at your store, but they're allowed to do these projects that don't even produce anything useful to us. It's not like they're discovering things that they can, you know, use and, and uh, you know, oh, if we figure this out, if we find this particle, then we can use it to make a new computer chip. No, it's none of that type of shit. It's we want to answer some theoretical problems. So we're going to make an explosion of particles and chase them. This is not going to lead to anything <laughs> like physical to help your life in Europe or anywhere around the world for centuries. I mean, maybe this will lead someday to us being able to travel faster than life. But I mean, the thought that we're going to use stuff like this anytime soon is fucking crazy. And who knows how much it costs to run an experiment like this, not just the energy, but, and, and get this, the manpower, they're already asking for another, a uh, $23 billion detector. That one's not even good enough. No, this one doesn't work. We need a new one. $23 billion. Yeah. We have to do – this one sucks. This is the last – this is what's always pissed me off about these science projects like the James Webb Space Telescope. They've been working on that and talking about that since I was a kid, like in high school. And – before they're even done finishing it, they're already talking about the next generation. Tell oh, it's going to be bigger and better than James Webb. And this was ten years ago, twenty years ago. It's like, why the fuck are we even building these goddamn things if it just needs to be a bigger one every time? It's got to be yeah. a bigger one. Just make a bigger one and stop with this bullshit. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, yep. We're going to spend thirty years and billions of dollars to make something that yeah. It's okay, but we need something bigger right away. We got to start working on something bigger. It's like, just make more mirrors. Just make more mirrors. Make the fucking thing bigger. Who gives a shit at this point? You're throwing so much money at these fucking things. This is where the the flat earthers have a point when they say NASA is just a jobs program. They're not launching anything up there. They're just lobbing missiles into the ocean. This is bullshit. They're just passing cash around that's it and especially with that james webb space telescope that could be a video game they could show anything yep here's the newest pictures from james webb look at these it could just be a fucking video game they could fake these things if they wanted to there's no doubt in my mind i can't get the visual of just like a room full of freaking nerds 
blasting particles at each other and then seeing reactions and just cheering, being like, yeah, let's do it again. There's 300,000 households, uh, electricity for a year. Yeah. Annually. Isn't that fucking crazy that they would, and the hubris of these people to put out a video like that during this time, look at what, Oh my God, look at how great we are. And look at how great these experiments are. And we're just amazing. Look at our, our singing and our songs and our graphics. And Oh, wouldn't you like to be like us? It's a pretty bold psyop. It's just, uh, constantly putting it right in your face and then, you know, daring people to call bullshit. But then if you call bullshit and you're a science denier. Yeah. And I, I really stepped on my own transition on that one. Let's let's hear let's hear Dr. Fauci on 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 why everybody wants to be a scientist. It's called the Fauci effect, oh, which is sort of like, of course, know, it is. As, Trust me, I'm. I, I don't get excited about that. <laughs> I mean, it's As he nice. Gets giddy but, and I mean, leans forward in his chair. I, I, people go to medical school now. People are interested in science, not because of me, because people, most people, don't know me, who I am. My friends know me. My wife knows me, but people don't know me. It's what I symbolize, and what I symbolize, what I symbolize. in a in an era of the normalization of untruths. And lies and, and, lies and all the things you're seeing going on in society from January 6th to everything else that goes on. Everything else. People got climate change. For consistency, for integrity, for truth, and for people caring about people. Yeah, you're consistently a liar, you fucking piece of shit. I mean, isn't that crazy? He's sitting there, yeah. I, don't, I don't get happy about that. And he gets giddy and leans forward in his chair while he's laughing. January 6th sounds more uh, um, more of a critical threat to the human race than climate change now. <laughs> and it's wild that he hasn't pivoted to climate change yet. If Again, these people are terrible at their jobs. He should be going, hey, look, I was the AIDS guy. I know AIDS, monkeypox. This one is climate change. This, this is all because of climate change, and, and we need to start fighting diseases like this because climate change is going to just breed, be a breeding, a petri dish for new diseases and new pandemics, and that's why we need to, to start planning for these before they happen. But again, he's a fucking stooge. He sits there, and could you imagine yeah. your kid going, oh, mommy, daddy, I want to be a science bureaucrat. I mean, how crazy is I want to go and get a medical degree and then be a science bureaucrat and be a mouthpiece for the for the the global empire. It's just wild. Well, you know, I guess that's what happens when you have two dads. Does he have two dads? Oh, God damn it. God damn it. <laughs> I was, and did you see my face? I was like, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have been funny. We, I, I'm, I'm, my power's at 7% on the iPad right now. Oh, uh, you can't plug it in? Yeah, I, I 
what I was running good when it was a hundred percent. I was making it through all right. I don't know why it's been dropping. I need to. I I just don't have anything right on hand that I can plug it in with. Oh, shit. Can you go get it while I'm playing this next video? Uh, yeah, I can try to set something up real quick. All right. So, essentially, I'm going to try and, and, and kill some time here for the next for the next segment and uh, talk about a little bit more of what we're getting into here. So, these scientists make up a wing of what is now the American oligarchy. Back in the back, uh, uh, FDR came into power. He delegated most of the power out to institutions, and these institutions cross over into the private sector, into the public sector, in, um, colleges, especially colleges, and the media. And this makes up what Curtis Yarvin refers to as the cathedral. You'll hear this referred to a lot of times in in typical media, but people don't really explain it too much and they don't really understand what they're talking about. They're just kind of using it as a buzz term, which is a great thing to do because we need to lump all these people together. So, are you back in? Nope. Yeah. My my camera are you there? Yep, I'm here. So I was just explaining the cathedral a little bit. We're going to get into that here in, in a minute. So let's go to uh, Carrie Mullins here on the science industrial complex. Okay, I want to tell you, all scientists aren't like that, you know. And there is a lot. I'm not like Dr. Fauci. There is a lot, a lot that's been going on since since Isaac Newton and 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 all that stuff happened. One of the things happened right around World War II, in that same time period before and surely as hell afterwards. Government got realized that scientists aren't little strange dudes that you know hide in, in ivory towers and do ridiculous things with with test tubes. Scientists, you know, made World War II as we know it quite possible. I mean, they made faster things. They made uh, bigger guns to shoot them down with. You know, they made uh, drugs to give the pilots if they were broken up in the process. They made all kinds of, I mean, they finally one giant bomb to end the whole thing, right? And everybody stepped back a little and said, you know, we ought to invest in this shit. Because uh, whoever has got the most of these people working in the best places is going to have a dominant position, at least in the military, and probably in all kinds of economic ways. And they got involved in it, and the scientific industrial establishment was born. And out of that came a lot of scientists who were in there for the money, you know, because it was suddenly available. And they weren't the curious little boys that liked to put frogs up in the air. They were the same people that later went into medical school, you know, because there was money in it, you know, and later then they all got into business. I mean, there's waves of going into your high school persons that you want to be rich, you know, be a scientist, you know, not anymore. If you want to be rich, you'd be a businessman. But a lot of people got in it for the money and the power and the travel. It's back when travel was easy. And like, those people don't think. They don't, they, they, they don't always tell you the truth. You know, there is nothing in their contract, in fact, that makes it to their advantage always to tell you the truth. So, and these are the people I'm talking about are people that like, they say they, they, they're a member of the committee called, say, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. And they, and they have these big meetings where they try to figure out how are we going to continually prove that the planet is getting warmer. 
So the science industrial complex. And what he's talking about is rule by panels of experts. We don't know what we're talking about. So we have to delegate to Yale and to Harvard and to John Hopkins. And they're going to get their studies together and they're going to put panels together and they're going to recommend what we do. And this is the cathedral. So let's go in. The cathedral is is a term coined by Curtis Yarvin. And this is from his blog, A Belief, A Brief explanation of the cathedral the cathedral is just a short way of saying journalism plus academia in other words the intellectual institutions at the center of modern society just as the church was the intellectual institution at the center of medieval society but the label is making a point the catholic church is one institution the cathedral is many institutions yet the label is singular the transformation from many to one, literally e pluribus numum, is the heart of the mystery at the heart of the modern world. The mystery of the cathedral is that all the modern world's legitimate and prestigious intellectual institutions, even though they have no central organization connection, behave in many ways the same, as if they were a single organizational structure. Most notably, this pseudo-structure is synoptic. It has one clear doctrine or perspective. It always agrees with itself. Still more puzzlingly, its doctrine is not statiric. It evolves static. It evolves. This doctrine has a predictable direction of evolution, and the whole structure moves together. So this is what we're talking about with these people and... They're all the same people. They're in different institutions. You've got them over here making movies about space. You've got them over here making their little videos about colliders. And then you've got Dr. Fauci talking about how great and wonderful he is and how people want to go to the go and become science bureaucrats just like him. Yeah. It's really a sick joke. These these people are disgusting. Yeah, well, uh, I don't know, man. We, uh, we definitely need to get some term limits in for some of this stuff. Um, that's one thing that blows my mind is that Trump didn't fire Fauci and had the chance. Yeah, and this is one of the reasons it really boils my blood about him. And this is, we're running out of time, and this has been just a shitty episode. Um, <laughs> but uh, I was going to get into, you know, Trump's raid and what a joke and him calling it the reflation inflation expansion act yeah no shit but when you do it it's the it's the biggest the best bill we we, we get the biggest bills yeah. when he does it it's fine you know it's just wild i had another video that i was going to play where you know uh the guy from the x22 report that we had played last week because oh trump knew this was coming that's why he's been telling us they're gonna go in they're gonna spend all the money they're gonna destroy the economy and blah 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 and it's like yeah he knew inflation was coming because he's not a fucking idiot and he knew when he printed seven trillion dollars that that was gonna cause inflation him not getting elected was the biggest gift he ever got he may be able to you know swoop in and save the day in the next election and maybe get himself a little bit of a, of a, of a uh, happy ending, but you know, 
it, it's kind it's of ridiculous. Maybe. Yeah. I, at this point in time, like I don't, I'm not Democrat. I'm not Republican. I, I, I want things to start getting better. Whoever the fuck is in charge. Like, make things better not this constant uh, looming doom and dread well it's this collapsing all the time it's this winner take all cutthroat every four year system that we have we're we're yep. literally fighting for our lives every four years like you know uh, this next election i mean could be the difference of life and death in a lot of situations with people with regards to energy and you know, it's hard to imagine that people in this country don't have enough energy and that they may actually die from exposure. But, you know, you start running your temperature at 60 degrees when it's freezing cold outside. You do that for a couple of months. It builds up. You get pneumonia and you die. If you're yep. not a healthy person, that's what happens. And if you can't afford, I mean, like that guy we played earlier, people are already delinquent or are going to be delinquent on their energy payments. What are they going to do? It, it's a great way to cover up some vaccine deaths. Oh, these people died of cold, ooh, not vaccines. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, that's a, that's a gnarly concept right there. I yeah. Put that together, but. Because then they can blame them on climate change instead of vaccines. So it's a it's a nice yeah. switcheroo for the win. You know, oh, all those people or, or died because of win, climate just, change. Uh, yeah, just a a, a blame a, like pass the blame off. Just, well, oh, all, that wasn't the vaccine. That was, and a lot of the symptoms of vaccine injury are the same fucking symptoms as death by exposure, like long-term exposure. You get a cough, you maybe get a blood clot, you you know, these these things are going to be easy to hide when when people are freezing. They're not going to be able to do it all over the world, but I mean it's it's an interesting thought anyways. It's something. Yeah. The idea that that they are taking this seriously is kind of fucking stupid when you got them literally bragging about using and if they say it's 300,000 homes it's probably 500,000 and that was pro, yeah. that was <laughs> i couldn't find when that was written so this new the new energy level that they're running at's the highest energy level they've ran at yet so it could be even you know if that's an old article, then it's definitely out to date, and it's going to be more than that. And again, I wouldn't doubt if they were if it was half a million, seven hundred fifty thousand, and they just don't give a shit. Do you, how many of them do you think would drive home and see people, you know, pushing a sign out or pushing a broom outside of a a shop with the sign turned off? underneath a street light that's not on and goes, hey, I, I sure am lucky to have all these en- energy to do these stupid experiments. They don't think like that. They go, why isn't that guy's uh, hire somebody to clean his, clean his porch? That's the way they think. Well, let's call it a night. I was going to go into a couple other things, but I ended up going a little longer than I thought it would. So with that, good night. We'll see you next week.